We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. Kind of a bonus episode. I'll get into what that's all about in just a moment. But I've got a lot of things that I want to talk about today. The Lakers, where they're going to finish in the Western Conference, where they're projected to land, which I think is actually really important for how we approach this coming season with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I want to take a look at that. also want to talk a bit about Anthony Davis. Rumor out there being that LeBron kind of wants... AD to take the reins on this team, wants the team to follow his lead. Is this finally going to be Anthony Davis's team? I want to talk about why that matters for the Lakers this season and moving into the future, as well as for Anthony Davis and his future. And then lastly, I want to talk about the last roster spot, the 15th and final roster spot. What can the Lakers do with that? I think it's an important discussion to have when we've got training camp getting fairly close to wrapping up the Lakers do start preseason action on Monday against the Sacramento Kings. So I want to talk about that final roster spot as well. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into that, though. As I said, this is a little bit of a bonus episode. Truth be told, plan was to go to five days a week next month, which technically, yeah, it's tomorrow, right? October 1st. In the month of October, we will go back to a five-day-a-week podcast. And honestly, I couldn't wait. I had so many different things I wanted to talk about. So this bonus episode kind of puts us on to that five podcasts a week schedule just a day early. But from here on out, now that we are in season, we are no longer a three-day-a-week podcast. Instead, it's five days minimum. Here's how it works. Monday through Friday, there will be a FreshLakersNation.com podcast out there for you. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Spotify, whatever, you will get a FreshLakersNation.com podcast Monday through Friday. Now, some of those podcasts take the form of our post-game show. When we do our post-game show, that becomes the next day's podcast. Just so you know, that's the way that works. However, sometimes there's a Friday night game. Sometimes there is a Saturday game. If that happens, then that means there would then be a Saturday or Sunday podcast, which means you would get six podcasts that particular week. Yeah, I don't take one away from the middle of the week and then just tack it on to the end of the weekend. No, it means you get that much more LakersNation.com content. So, Again, minimum five days a week, Monday through Friday, you will have a new LakersNation.com podcast for you each day. Sometimes you'll get a bonus weekend episode, depending on how the Lakers schedule falls. So I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait to really get into all of this stuff with all of you. Still feel so, so fortunate to get to do this, to get to talk Lakers with all of you, and get to cover this team. This is the team, some of you guys who know my story, this is the team 
that I grew up on. And I can't tell you guys, as we're starting this new season here, how fortunate I feel to be able to continue to do this and talk Lakers with all of you. I do want to also mention playback. Speaking of being able to talk Lakers with all of you, you've heard us talk about it so far in a few of our live shows on a few of our previous podcasts. Playback, once again, this year, we started it at the end of last season. Now it's coming back. We are going to be watching every Lakers game directly with you through playback. I'll put the link in the description below on YouTube. Uh, if you're over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I will put the link in the show notes there. You can go get signed up for the room in playback, and you can watch the game starting Monday against the Sacramento Kings. Watch the games with us. We'll be on there doing essentially the play-by-play, but also talking with you. We'll be taking your questions, your comments as we're watching the games. One of the great things about sports is the togetherness, the sense of connectivity that it creates through shared experience. So we're going to be able to all share the experience of watching the Lakers this season, for better or worse. We will console each other during losses. We will celebrate wins, and we will be able to watch the games together and then transition straight into the post-game shows from there. So I'm thrilled to get to do this all season. Every game, we will be here with you over on Playback watching the Lakers this season. Uh, lastly, I also want to mention in terms of connectivity and, and the way sports can bring us together and, and all of that, some big picture concepts. I've also launched a Substack, which you can find Trevor Lane substack.com and this is something that is apart from just my lakers coverage but i started out as a writer and i still kind of have that itch even though i've moved into a role where i pretty much do video work and podcast video and audio has become the vast majority of what i do now but i still want to be able to explore some things in in the written world so i've launched that go check it out trevorlane.substack.com uh you can find it there and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Lakers in there. That, of course, is going to come up because that tends to be the, the lens that I look at things through. But I'm also going to be talking about the sports world in general. I'll talk about uh, careers and things like that, how we view the world, how we interact with things, how we consume sports and the sports media landscape in general. So a lot of stuff coming there over on my Substack Again, trevorlane.substack.com. You can go sign up and check that out. All right, let's get into the topics for the day. And I want to start things out. Uh, Kevin Pelton from ESPN had an article all about his projected standings for the Western Conference. Also had the East, but we're, we care mostly about the Western Conference here. So here's what it looks like. Um, Kevin Pelton's article for ESPN, and he ranks the teams here. He put them through his model, and this is how he's projecting the Western Conference to finish. Now, this also factors in injuries. Okay, and he's just taking his best guess. And he cautioned that, look, this isn't exactly how the standings are going to finish. It's not. And so I'm not even looking at this from that perspective. I'm not going to be necessarily outraged over wherever one particular team finishes. I think this is going to be important for us for another reason. But this is how Kevin Pelton's model has the Western Conference breaking down for this year. So this is it. The Phoenix Suns finishing number one. The Denver Nuggets Number two, and they've got the Suns at 49 wins, the Nuggets at 47.9 wins. Again, this is using his projection model. He cautioned some teams are going to win more. Some teams are going to win less because some teams are going to have good injury luck. Some teams are going to have bad injury luck. This is not supposed to be an accurate reflection of exactly how he thinks things are going to end up. This is just how right now, statistically, things are, are spinning out. But again, I think it's going to be important for our purposes. 
Third place in the Western Conference, the Pelicans at 47.6 wins. Yeah, the New Orleans Pelicans. Fourth place, the Memphis Grizzlies at 46.1. Fifth place, the Minnesota Timberwolves at 45.7. Huh. Sixth, the Clippers at 43.6. Again, injuries do have to factor into this. Seventh, the Mavericks. Somehow eighth is the Golden State Warriors. 41.9 wins. 41.9. You're talking about uh, you're just barely above 500 there. And you're the eighth seed in the Western Conference by this projection. The ninth place team. There it is. There's our Lakers at just 36.8 wins. That means a below 500 team in ninth place. Then they've got the Portland Trailblazers at 36.6. The Kings at 11th. Uh, in 11th place, the Jazz in 12th, 13th is San Antonio Spurs, 14th is the Thunder, 15th, the Houston Rockets. So why is this important that if Pelton is, is noting that this is not accurate, this is not how things are definitely going to finish, but he notes that there is a big teardrop essentially in the Western Conference that after you get through the eighth place Golden State Warriors, which I don't buy that, I don't think he even buys that he mentioned that he thinks they will be better than that i don't see the reigning champs slipping all the way to eighth in the western conference i don't think that's what's going to happen but there's a big drop off according to kevin pelton between the top eight in the west and everybody else and the lakers fall into that everybody else category now i'm not here to argue that point to say well clearly the lakers are better and the lakers have lebron and the lakers have ad and they should be in this mix too. Look, that stuff's going to take care of itself once the team gets on the floor. Then we'll find out what's what, right? I mean, look at look at last season. And this is why I don't get too upset over this stuff. Look at last season. The Memphis Grizzlies were not projected to be a playoff team. We didn't think that's what they were going to be. And then they turned out to be one of the best teams in the West last season, one of the most fun to watch. They were a fantastic team last season. And yet they wouldn't have been a team that anybody would have picked to be a playoff team heading into the season. There's a reason why we play the game. So again, I'm not going to get too upset that, oh my gosh, my Lakers are sitting in the ninth seed in the Western Conference and they've got LeBron and they've got AD. This is this is horrible, Kevin Pelton. No, I'm not worried about where they're sitting. The reason why I want to talk about this is because I think it, it does a really nice job of illustrating how difficult the Western Conference is going to be. Again, I don't buy that the Golden State Warriors are going to be the eighth seed in this. But even if you shuffle these teams around, by Kevin Pelton's model, you've got the Minnesota Timberwolves are a solid playoff team, not kind of a fringe playoff team. They're a solid playoff team. Same thing with the Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. This matters a lot for the Lakers because there is a pick swap that is sitting there for the Pelicans with the Lakers. If the Pelicans finish with a better record than the Lakers, then they will execute that pick swap on draft night and the Lakers 2023 draft pick will go to the Pelicans and the Pelicans 2023 draft pick will go to the Lakers. So let's say that the Lakers finish in the nine seed. Uh, they wind up missing out on the, they, let's say they don't even make it through the play-in tournament and they wind up with, I don't know, the 12th pick. Let's say they wind up with the 12th pick in the lottery. The Pelicans wind up with, let's say, the 22nd pick. They'll flip. The Pelicans will take the 12th pick. The Lakers will get the 22nd pick. Now, they'll still have a first-round pick, but this is going to be something to keep an eye on all season long. Where are the Pelicans compared to the Lakers? Zion Williamson looks a lot better. He looks uh, leaned out. He looks slim. 
He looks like he is ready to get out there and play and dominate. And what we've heard out of practices so far is that he is indeed dominating. So the Pelicans could take a solid leap forward. In fact, the young team that's getting better and better, you'd have to project that they will probably take a leap forward. It's going to be on the Lakers to keep up with them. So that pick swap becomes meaningless. If it's the other way around, if the Lakers have a better, better record than the Pelicans, then obviously the Pelicans aren't going to execute the pick swap. It becomes completely worthless. So if you're the type that's looking at the Anthony Davis deal and saying, man, the Lakers, they, you know, they may have overpaid a little bit. One of the ways that you can remove some of that value from the Pelicans is by being better than the Pelicans this season. And so it makes that pick swap worthless, but it's not just the Pelicans here, the Pelicans moving up and becoming in Pelton's model, this solid playoff team. That's a concern, especially because it's not just them. It's the wolves too who now are a solid playoff team. These are the teams that we look at when we're looking at the Western Conference and we think, okay, there's a chance the Lakers could finish better than these teams. Are the Lakers going to finish higher than the Phoenix Suns? Probably not. Now, maybe things go crazy in Phoenix and you know they're, they're dealing with a lot of drama there and all of that, but probably not, right? They're probably not going to finish higher than the Suns. Are they going to finish higher than the Warriors? Probably not. Again, Pelton's model has them as eighth, but... I don't think they're going to really be finishing around the eighth seed of the, in the Western Conference. You look at some of the other teams here. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, if they're fully healthy. You've got Javal, Jamal Murray. You've got, of course, Nikola Jokic, two-time reigning MVP. Uh, if they get Michael Porter Jr. back, there's teams that on paper should finish ahead of the Lakers. But some of the teams that we're looking at as targets of teams that the Lakers could leapfrog, that includes the Wolves. That includes the Pelicans. And yet this projection model has them making the leap and being solid playoff teams. So what that tells us is that the Lakers, they're in for a tough, tough season. It's going to be a battle. And I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs. Don't hear what I'm not saying there. What I'm saying is the Western Conference, the margin for error is going to be extremely slim. Again, Kevin Pelton has the Lakers as being in a tier below the rest of the West, the solid playoff teams in the Western Conference. The Lakers have got to prove him wrong and get into that tier, but not only get into that tier, they've got to be good enough where they're taking some of these teams who are projected to make a leap and you're knocking them back a little bit because if the Pelicans are getting better, if the Wolves are getting better and the teams that somehow are sitting in the six, seven, eight seed are the Clippers, the Mavericks and the Warriors, that's going to be a challenge to jump over those teams that have the star power that can help propel them during the regular season. So, this all comes back to my theories about how you make the playoffs in the Western Conference. You heard me say this a bunch last season, and it's going to be even more true this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You have to win the winnable games. There is no game. I know people look at the NBA's 82-game schedule and they say, well, the regular season doesn't matter that much. It's all about the playoffs. Not true. Not in this year's Western Conference. It's not true anyway. It is not true at all. It is way too tightly packed. The margin for error does not exist. That random Thursday night game against, I don't know, the Houston Rockets in December, you can't afford to have an off night and drop that game. It's going to be critical that the Lakers approach this season with a business-like mentality, and when they have opportunities on their schedule to go up against a team that is not as talented as them, they have to say, thank you, schedule makers. Get in there, get the job done, and put that W on their record. Last year's team did a terrible job of this, dropping games to the Oklahoma City Thunder, dropping games to a Portland Trailblazer team that had hardly anybody on it. This was a mess last season for the Lakers. They didn't have the requisite focus in order to stack up the wins that they needed to throughout the season, and that really came back to haunt them down the home stretch when they couldn't seem to win a game at all. Now, the Lakers' schedule is not the same this season as it was last season. Last season, it started out very, very light, very easy, and then it became very difficult in the second half of the schedule, and that's where the early season losses to teams that they shouldn't have lost to really came back to haunt the Lakers. It's a little bit more well-balanced. There's some tough stretches. They get out of the gates with a a difficult two-game stretch there against the Warriors and then the Los Angeles Clippers, but the point still stands. The Lakers this season have to do a much better job of getting in there and beating the teams that they are supposed to beat. The Western Conference, it is a razor-thin margin. It's going to be so close that those games are going to matter immensely. All 82 games will matter this season because of how tightly packed the Western Conference is going to be. If the West had a bunch of tanking teams and basically, you know, you've got the top six or whatever that are really trying to get in and then you've got some teams that just don't have the quality after that, I wouldn't be saying this. We'd be looking at this very differently. But the way this Western Conference is lining up, it's going to be on the Lakers to have the focus. It's going to be on Darvin Ham to make sure that night in and night out, they keep their eye on the ball because if they don't, One slip-up, one bad stretch where the focus isn't there could be their undoing, and that is going to be true for just about every team in the Western Conference. Injuries, of course, will play a very, very big role here. But let's face it, look, Portland, they went and made moves to try to win. They went and got Jeremy Grant. They're not tanking. The Sacramento Kings, they're not tanking. They made moves to try to win. I think Keegan Murray is the real deal. I think they're going to be pretty good. You look at some of these squads, you get past that, okay, there's four tanking teams in the West. The Jazz, the Spurs. Look, well, you had Pop, Greg Popovich already said, don't bet on the Spurs to win a championship. He, it's very clear, the Spurs are tanking. The Thunder, the Houston Rockets. You have those four teams. Everyone else is doing what they can to make the playoffs. And this is why, this is why when we look at the Lakers and their decision, I talked about this on the last show, the Lakers decided to gamble. On the trade front, they're gambling that something better than what they found this summer in a Russell Westbrook trade is going to come along this season. 
sometime before the trade deadline. Something better is going to come along. This is part of that gamble. Part of this gamble is the Lakers understanding that in an unforgiving Western Conference, if things don't click right away, the pressure is only going to mount even more. In fact, if you have a rough opening to the season, that could wind up being your undoing. That's how tightly packed the Western Conference is. So the gamble in not making a trade right now, say for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, we've heard different permutations of that deal on the table for the Lakers to make. They decided not to. It's possible. They could make that move a month from now. I don't think that deal is necessarily going anywhere. The Pacers still have a lot of incentive to move on from Miles Turner. He's going to be a free agent next year. They don't want to risk losing him for nothing. But some of the benefit of doing a deal now would be that you head into the season with your full roster, with a roster that fits better, and you're able to ideally win some of these early games. It's going to be on this Lakers team. And again, this is the gamble they're taking to keep their heads above water while the Lakers wait to see if a better trade opportunity develops sometime in season. I do think, again, looking at how difficult the Western Conference is, who knows? Maybe the Lakers surprise us. Maybe Russell Westbrook fits great with this team and Darvin Ham gets everybody on the same page and everything's fantastic. It could happen, but most likely the Lakers at some point are going to need to make some kind of a move if they want to keep up in the Western Conference. The question is, do they find that deal that they're actually looking for? Or do they wind up having to settle for something like the Pacers deal or something along the lines of the Jazz deal, maybe something with the Spurs? Do they wind up having to settle for something like that just to keep up in the Western Conference? All right. I do need to talk about Anthony Davis and what's going on with him and him potentially taking the reins in the Western Conference. Let me just add, before I completely abandon this topic, one of the other things to keep an eye on in the Western Conference playoff race, it's Darvin Ham and how he manages all the guys. And Anthony Davis gets wrapped into this too. If Anthony Davis is going to be the leader of the team that LeBron is apparently, according to Chris Haynes, asking him to be, LeBron wants to, quote, hand the reins over to Anthony Davis. I want to talk about what that means, but LeBron wants AD to lead. Getting this team to all be on the same page will not necessarily be an easy task. And again, that's going to be a Darvin Ham challenge. That's going to be an Anthony Davis challenge, a LeBron James challenge, a Russell Westbrook challenge, all the veterans on this team. That's going to be a challenge for all of them. Financially, contract-wise, you look at this roster, this has been one of my big criticisms of the front office. There's a lot of lose-lose contracts on this roster. What I mean by that is that if the player plays well, they're gone. They're leaving you this summer. If Troy Brown Jr. plays great, becomes the great 3 and D style player the Lakers are hoping he can be, he's going to get a big raise and probably leave next summer. If these guys are not good, if it doesn't work out, all these guys the Lakers signed to one-year deals, Let's say Troy Brown Jr. is terrible. He's unplayable. Can't even put him on the floor. Well, he's gone. Either way, at the end of the year, you're losing the player. That's what's probably going to happen with most of these guys. Otherwise, you got to be willing to spend whatever cap space you have left. We'll see what, Lake, what moves the Lakers make during the season. But otherwise, the Lakers are going to have to spend cap space to keep these guys if they do hit. But in the meantime, that's all something you deal with next summer. In the meantime, you've got a roster where the vast majority of it, everybody, aside from LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Max Christie, 
and Damian Jones has a player option. That's four guys on the roster. Everyone else has one year on their deal. Everyone else is slated to hit free agency in July. And that is a challenge when you're trying to get guys to buy in to a team structure. If a team is winning, you hear the saying, winning cures all. It's true. If the team's winning, this should be okay. This should be fine. Players are okay sacrificing a little bit of their stats if they're part of a winning program. Because being part of a winning program, that's going to give them that boost anyway, right? It's going to be, oh, things went great for the Lakers. Clearly, you were part of that. They're going to get some credit for that, even if they don't put up the best individual stats. If things start to go south, though, if the team's not doing all that well, that's when guys start to think, man, I better get mine. I've got to put up my numbers. I have to put up my stats. And that is where you see a split from what winning basketball looks like and what I need to get a new deal next summer basketball looks like. That's going to be a challenge. And that's going to be a challenge for a guy like Anthony Davis, who again, reportedly, is taking the reins this year, is expected to lead the team. Now, before I get too deep into that topic, this isn't necessarily new. When Anthony Davis first arrived with the Lakers, one of the first stories that came out was that LeBron wanted to give Anthony Davis his number, wanted to give him 23, and that LeBron went to Lakers management and said he wanted to run the offense through Anthony Davis. LeBron back then was trying to hand the team over to Anthony Davis to say, I'm not going to be the guy that's dragging the team along anymore. Young guy, it's yours now. I'm passing the torch. He tried to do that. Three years ago, he tried to do that. It didn't happen. And subsequent seasons, it hasn't happened. What tends to happen is even when LeBron thinks, oh, this guy's going to take over the, the mantle for me. This guy's going to bear the burden. It doesn't work out that way. You get on the floor, the ball winds up in LeBron's hands anyway. Dennis Schroeder. The Lakers brought Dennis Schroeder in. So... LeBron wouldn't have to handle the ball quite as much. Wouldn't have to initiate the offense as much. Guess what? When the Lakers really needed to win, LeBron had the ball in his hands. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. The idea was bring in Russell Westbrook and we can take some of this burden off of LeBron. At the end of the day, LeBron still had the ball. The ball went to him. So I'm not saying that this story getting out there means we're in for a drastic shift and Anthony Davis is suddenly going to be the guy and all of that. Because it hasn't happened before. And that's been the goal before. And what ends up happening is guys still go, that's LeBron James. I'm giving him the ball. LeBron, what are we going to do? And they follow him. But LeBron's getting older. 37 to be 38 in December. Anthony Davis is going to be 30 in March. This is his chance. This is the time right now for him to take over as the guy on this team. He's led the team in scoring before, but let's face it, the vibe of this team was LeBron. This has been LeBron's team. And frankly, LeBron casts such a big shadow that I don't know that that will ever not be the case when he's around. But in terms of who's leading, who's out in front, who's setting the pace, who's setting the tone for this Lakers team, it seems that LeBron very much wants it to be Anthony Davis. And frankly, the Lakers need it to be Anthony Davis. You don't want LeBron 
having to do all the heavy lifting, having to be the emotional leader on the floor, have to be the guy setting the example on both ends. Some of that is going to happen anyway, but there needs to be a concerted effort for Anthony Davis to be that guy, for Anthony Davis to be the tone setter for the team, because this is what he was brought here for. This role is why he was brought to the Lakers, so that at some point, when LeBron thinks he's ready, he can sail off into the sunset and Anthony Davis can be that guy moving forward. And he's had a couple of injury plague seasons, played 36 games two seasons ago, a little bit shorter season, but 40 games last season. You're not going to be able to be the kind of leader the Lakers need you to be on and off the floor if you're only out there for 40 games. So a lot of this starts with the availability of Anthony Davis. He's got to be on the court in order to do this, but he's also got to bring up his level of play. He's got to get close to what we saw in the bubble in Orlando when they won the championship. Now, I'm not saying the AD is going to shoot like that again. I don't think he can. I don't think it's realistic to assume that he's going to hit that level because he was ridiculously hot shooting the basketball then. I do buy into the wrist injury thing to some degree. There's the story out there. AD surprised everybody after practice the other day saying that he had this, this wrist injury. I know people have said he hurt it against Philadelphia and all that, but we didn't hear throughout last season that it was bothering his shot. And then that's what came out of practice the other day. So I understand why that could be a thing. If you go back, you look at his stats though, before the injury in January, he still wasn't shooting well. He still wasn't shooting well at all. Uh, he just wasn't. He was not shooting uh, well from behind the arc. It was not working for the Lakers with Anthony Davis shooting from three. Wasn't shoot, working shooting the long twos even before the wrist injury. So I buy that the pain in his wrist may have stopped him from getting back on track. I don't know if I buy that it completely threw everything off in terms of a shot. But this season, you've got to see an Anthony Davis who is taking and making big shots. Remember, this is the guy who hit the three at the buzzer against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs and then ran around the court shouting, I'm that guy. That's what the Lakers need. They need that guy. They need the guy that they can lean on to make the big play on both ends of the floor. Darvin Ham's going to need him to set the tone defensively. And he is the most talented defender on the team. People will look at Patrick Beverly. If Patrick Beverly is a better defender for this Lakers team than Anthony Davis is, and Patrick Beverly is a great defender, but if he's a more impactful defender than Anthony Davis, the Lakers are in big, big trouble. They need MVP caliber Anthony Davis this season, not just on the floor in terms of production, but also in terms of being a leader on this team because the time has come. If not now, it's never happening. If not now, then it's not going to happen. We're going to find out this season whether or not Anthony Davis can be that guy, the 1A guy that the Lakers thought they were getting that was going to carry the franchise forward as LeBron ages out. That's what Anthony Davis was brought here to do, and I believe we're going to find out for sure whether or not he can do it. Now, unfortunately, injury luck does get built into this. It's possible he suffers another injury, and it's just an unlucky thing. Maybe he lands on somebody's foot again. That can happen, but... AD says he's done everything he can to be as healthy as possible, and he understands how important it is that he stay available this season. We're going to find out whether or not he can truly take the reins of this team. If it does not happen and you're the Lakers, 
I think it changes your decision-making moving forward. I think if it does not happen this season, then you have to move forward with the understanding that Anthony Davis is not your 1A guy that you can build around moving forward. And maybe that changes your future plans in terms of a post-LeBron era, what that's going to look like. Last thing that I want to get into, it's the 15th roster spot. The 15th roster spot on the Lakers roster currently open. I've said a bunch that I think the Lakers are going to leave it open. I don't think they're going to fill it. It costs them $7 million when you factor in a veteran minimum salary plus luxury tax payments. To sign a veteran minimum guy for that 15th roster spot, it's going to cost them $7 million. That's a lot. Particularly when we think about the 15th man, is he really going to play? Austin Reeves technically was the fourth, 14th man. He got minutes, so you can point to that and say, well, see, Austin Reeves got minutes last year. But let's face it, Austin Reeves getting minutes last year, becoming sort of a silver lining for the season, that's, that's the outlier. Most guys who go undrafted like that, like Austin Reeves, are not going to become that. And that's all the more credit to Austin Reeves. It's amazing that he did what he did last season. And I'm super high on him for this season. I can't wait to see what he does. But I don't think you can look at Austin Reeves and say, well, see, look, that is an example of why the last roster spots are, are incredibly valuable because you're going to find an Austin Reeves. If you're expecting that. You're probably setting yourself up for disappointment. Final roster spots typically don't play much. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm probably not filling that 15th roster spot and I'm leaving it open until I can use it on the buyout market. Or if I need a roster spot to facilitate a trade, let's say you ultimately go back to Indiana and you say, okay, let's do a deal. Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, come on down. We'll give you Russell Westbrook. Guess what? You need an open roster spot to do that. That's how I think things will play out with the 15th roster spot. But in the meantime, there's going to be some names out there. Mo Harkless. Probably going to get waived by the Houston Rockets after being traded there. Went from Atlanta to OKC, now to Houston. Probably going to get waived. Could he be somebody the Lakers could turn to? We've talked about this a lot. Uh, the Lakers need wing defenders. Mo Harkless specifically, I think the skill set in terms of what you're trying to get, a, a bigger wing that can defend a little bit, yeah, he kind of checks that box. But Mo Harkless specifically, I don't think he gives you the three-point shooting that you need. I'm probably not willing, if I'm the Lakers, to spend that $7 million on him. But I will say that I'm not totally shutting down using that spot either. I think, while it's likely that they're not going to use it, I think you need to use that 15th roster spot as the carrot throughout training camp and preseason. Because you've got guys like the amazing Swider-Man, Cole Swider, Cole Sniper, as it were you can use that open roster spot as an incentive for him. Hey, you can play your way into a spot. Austin Reeves did it last year. Played his way into a full roster spot. Last season, right before the season started, Frank Vogel called up Avery Bradley, who had just been waived by the Golden State Warriors. And Vogel, I think, was pretty worried about what the defense looked like and said, oh my gosh, give me a wing defender. Give me Avery Bradley. And they used their 15th roster spot. Again, I don't think that's going to happen, happen, but... You could take that example and say, well, Cole Swider might earn his way onto a team, onto the team, onto a full roster spot, not a two-way spot. Scottie Pippen Jr., who got a lot of praise after practice recently, could earn his way onto a full roster spot. Jay Huff, who had a great summer league, could earn a full roster spot. Or perhaps somebody gets cut. Look, the Jazz still have to cut guys. 
OKC has to cut players. There's a lot of guys that are going to get cut as rosters cut down. Remember, NBA rosters, once the season starts, they've got to be 15 full roster spots, two, two two-way contracts. That's what you've got on your roster. NBA teams right now, though, they can have 20, 20 spots on their roster right now. And that's got to get cut down to essentially 17. So that means there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be cut in the next few weeks. And the Lakers could maybe swoop in if there's somebody that they really like. You keep that flexibility moving forward. Again, I am going to approach this as though that 15th roster spot is not going to be used. So when I get hit up by all these messages saying, oh, Mo Harkless could be on the market. The Lakers need a wing. Shouldn't they go get him? I don't think the Lakers are going to be super eager to do it just yet. But you have to keep yourself open to the possibility in case something pops up that you just can't turn down. If Cole, uh, if Cole Sniper, if we want to call him that, if he plays great, in training camp, and he plays great in preseason. Darvin Ham could decide, you know what? We need this guy. We need shooting on the roster. We need him. Give him the spot. Give him the spot. Matt Ryan, who signed with the Lakers on a, on a training camp deal. Dwayne Bacon. Maybe one of those guys impresses, and you could give them that roster spot. So I think you have to keep an open mind with it. I am leaning towards they don't use it, but... I think they're going to be careful with it. And if the right opportunity comes along, then they'll fill that 15th and final roster spot. So it's something to keep in mind as we're watching, as preseason kicks off and we're watching these games and everything. Remember that there is one spot open that all of these guys are theoretically competing for, as are all the guys that are eventually going to wind up getting cut from other teams. They are going to be competing potentially for an open full roster spot. The Lakers have that right now. Doesn't mean they're going to use it, but it's just something to keep in mind as we're watching preseason get going and the year kickoff. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for our little bonus LakersNation.com podcast. We will have Fun Friday today. If you're listening to this on Friday, we'll have a Fun Friday that's going to start at 2 o'clock Pacific time. We'll go live. We'll take your questions and comments. Remember, starting next week, five days a week, Monday through Friday, the LakersNation.com podcast will be there for you. And then if there's a Friday night game, means there'll be a Saturday podcast. Saturday night game would mean a Sunday podcast as well. I can't wait. Again, I feel so fortunate to get to do this and get to talk Lakers basketball with all of you. Let's go preseason just a few days away. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.